Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, hello, gorgeous goddesses. Welcome back to the Cool Mom 101 podcast. It's your host, Emily Kylo, coming at you with another fire episode today. I am talking to LJ, and she is the founder and owner at Delaga Beauty, a women-owned beauty studio specializing in high-quality eyelash, brow, and facial services for Delagas of all ages. And Delaga, in case you didn't know, is the Filipino word for a youthful, spirited person. And let me tell you, LJ is definitely embodying that. I absolutely love, love her whole vibe. So in this episode, we talk about how LJ navigated opening a second location during a pandemic, why self-care is so important, especially for the mamas. We talk about how she approaches sticky conversations like sex with her teenager, and we touch on why she is so passionate about supporting local businesses and brands and a few of her current favorites. So before we get into this episode, I wanted to remind you to apply for Cool Business Academy if it's something you have been thinking about and you are ready to be a badass entrepreneur. I would love to share this journey with you and watch you thrive into your confidence on this whole, whole journey in entrepreneurship. So if you are interested, make sure you check out bit.ly slash cool dash biz dash academy and it'll be linked in the show notes as well. Okay, let's get to it. LJ from Delaga Beauty. So welcome to the show, LJ. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this. Oh, my pleasure. So we were just chatting before the show about the holidays and both of us were saying we've kind of enjoyed a bit of a more chill holiday and just embraced it. So I hope everyone had those same kind of sentiments. I know it's, you know, sad and weird to not see your family, but bright side was a more chill, relaxed holiday. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to entertain. That was that was the thing you could just relax. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Just be, which is a nice change of pace. <laughs> So we are going to jump right into the mom fashions. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. What is the best part of being a mom? Um, so for me, I think the best part about being a mom is seeing them turn into their personalities. Like just as they get older, they start to have these personalities and these feelings and the things that you've taught them really start to come out and you know, their defiance starts to come out, but it's nice to see how they turn out as human beings. Like my oldest is 14 and to see her as like a mini adult almost, you know, it's, it's really nice to see. So absolutely. Think, yeah. That's my favorite part. I love that. And for me, I don't know how you felt, but I found the 
newborn phase, extremely challenging. And I think that is part of why is there's not really any feedback. They frankly don't have much of a personality in the very beginning. (laughs) So there's just not much going on. You're not sure, am I doing a good job? Do they like me? Don't. Because <laughs> like, there's no feedback. It's like no feedback. Chef. Yeah. Like, tell me something. <laughs> yes. And the flip side is I'm sure now you get almost too much feedback sometimes. But yeah, yeah. I would pre- I would still prefer that to have that kind of communication. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, there is a lot of uh attitude that comes with them as they age, but it comes with the job. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this is a perfect segue. So what's the hardest lesson you've learned so far as a mom? Um, I think for me, the hardest lesson was coming to an understanding that they aren't me. Like, and they're not my husband. They're their own people. Um, we were raised in a society, I guess, and it's only starting to change now where it was like, it just generations pass on of how you parent. And you just do it because that's the way it's done. And you do it because I said so. Where now it's like, well, you know, like you don't have to hug grandma and grandpa if you're uncomfortable. You don't need to do this if you're, if it doesn't make you happy, you know, like, so that trying to learn to understand that their feelings at a young age actually matter versus just like, well, I'm your mom and I said so. Mm -hmm. Um, So that. And as they get older and they start to be more defiant or start to have more of their own personality and what they like to do, trying not to get upset because they don't want to do the same things you want to do. So that is in a ballpark, like trying to hone that in and being like, okay, no, don't get mad. Don't get mad. Bite your tongue. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think this is something I will have to continue to learn. I don't think this is something you even learn in your 14 years of parenting. No, no. This is something, yeah, it will continue to go on. And as phases of their lives go on, it's, you know, then it turns into them being an adult and trying to understand them as an adult. And yeah, totally a phase. And then Mm -hmm. when you're a grandma, (laughs) like that phase too, so... Yes. So many learnings. So many learnings. (laughs) No. Yeah. It doesn't end. No, never. So LJ, what is your daily ritual? So I love asking this question because for moms, especially moms who are entrepreneurs like yourself, I think it's really important to stay grounded in what makes you, you. And the daily ritual is something that can help you kind of express that. So what is your daily ritual? I had a hard time with this one. I don't know if I have one. Like I need coffee every day, not because I need to stay awake, but because I love to have my cup of coffee. And that is like, for me, my one thing, like I can't, I don't want to start my day until I have sat down and had coffee. But in terms of a daily ritual, I don't meditate every day. I would love to, but I don't. Um, I don't do card readings every day. I would love to, but I don't. And I don't work out every day. But um, I don't know. I just go with the routine. And I think for me, it is really, I start my day with a cup of coffee. Yes. And sounds like taking a moment to yourself, though, with a cup of coffee. Whether it be like a minute or an hour, <laughs> it's just that that moment. So. Yes, I love that. Well, I'm a huge coffee fan, so I get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what are you most grateful for in your life right now? 
I would say learning how strong I am. Uh, this is like an everyday lesson that I learn. <laughs> uh, just this, the strength that you as a person can, can handle or you, how strong you are just, you know, um, with 2020 and all of, all of that we had to deal with, with childbirth, with pregnancy, you know, and always thinking like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to push a baby out of my vagina? Like, fuck, things like that. And, and you get through it and it works. Or, you know, for anyone with a C-section, how are you going to heal from that? So I think strength is one of those things that I'm just like, I am so grateful that I have that because how would I survive without it? <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> and I think it's really important to acknowledge it because we often just do, 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 do mm-hmm. as women, as mothers, and don't take that moment to recognize all that your strength has brought you and everything that you've been able to accomplish because of it. So I love that. Thanks. <laughs> so this is my deep question. It usually gets people thinking, which I love. Mm-hmm. What is your why for your life? So what gets you up in the morning? What inspires you to do the work that you do for your clients and to, you know, open new locations in a pandemic? What? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. What is your what is your why for your life? My why? I had a lot of time to think about this cuz you ask everyone this on your podcast and I'm always like, Ooh, that's a good one. How would I answer it? Um, I think my why is making others feel good. Like I love to make others feel loved or feel heard or I mean, it doesn't seem like it every day when I'm yelling at my kids, but, <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's all I want to do is just make somebody else's day. So mm-hmm. that's my why. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. I love that. And that actually segues perfectly into what I wanted to ask you first, which is about your business. So tell us what it is for those who don't know LJ yet. What's your business and how did it get started? So I own Delaga Beauty Studio um, and it is a self-care haven. No, <laughs> It's it, for me. I think it is. Um, and we are a lash extension, like a beauty studio. Lash extensions, lash lifts, brow laminations, facials. We just brought in this year. Basically, a place for you to come in, lie down, take a nap if you need to, or just let it all out if you need to talk to somebody. So yeah. So I started. I restarted my life when I turned thirty. I went back to school uh, to take like makeup artistry. Um, and then that segued into taking lash extensions and then lash lifts and all of this. Um, I, yeah, I just wanted, I wanted a change and I wanted my kids to see that you didn't have to work the nine to five to get by in life. Like I didn't want that as they were getting older. I was like, Oh, I hate my job. (laughs) I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something I love. So restarted at 30, oldest person in the class. (laughs) Um, But it was fine. You know, I I have a young heart. And so I got along with them just fine. Um, And it kind of just segued into, okay, I finished school. I had already been in the wedding industry because my sister owned a company. 
And so I knew a lot of people in the industry. So it was easy for me to segue into bridal makeup artistry. So I did mm. that for a few years and kind of built some sort of a clientele base. So then when I shifted into doing lashes, they all started coming to do lashes. And then, and then I was like, oh, hey, start, start a studio, like do your own studio. So we rented, I rented a room um, in a spa and then just grew from there and then opened up our first studio in July of 2019. And then the second studio <laughs> right after the pandemic or in midst of a pandemic. Just in the middle of it. No big deal. So, yeah. so I love your story. There's so much there that I could talk about. And something that really struck me that I didn't really know about your story was that you decided to go back to school at 30, which to me is not old at all, by the way, people. But to start something new, that takes a lot of guts and balls, really. Mm -hmm. so what do you think it is about you that made you able to make that decision and be like, fuck it. I'm going back to school at 30. I don't give a shit what people think. I'm just doing it. Um, I have a good husband. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> uh, who's very supportive in my wild tendencies. So I um, tend to make decisions before thinking often. Uh, and this was one of them. And I brought it up to him fully aware that he would probably be like, well, you're not going to make an income. <laughs> Check. <laughs> It'll take you a while to get an income sorted. Yep. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> very supportive. Um, and I think that's what helped kind of hold me. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Just because I don't know how I would have done it without him. Like, so um, I had that. And also I just like to just fly off the seat of my, how, how's that say? Like, what does that say? Fly, fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yeah. I am always one of those. Well, if it fails, then. Oh, you know goes. what though? I love that because if you don't get out there and try, then what's the point? You'll yeah. never know if this was for you, meant for you, if you don't start. So yeah. I always tell my clients, friends, whoever will listen, people on the podcast, starting is the key to everything because once you start, it's going to give you either information or an up level. So what's there to lose? Yeah. So if you start something, if you would have started school and decided that you hated it, well, great. Now you know you don't want to do that. Yeah onwards. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. It's if true. You, if you would have never started and gone to school for that, then you would have just been in the same place, hating your job, being like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? Mm -hmm. Feeling like you weren't being the role model you wanted to be for your kids, it sounds like. Yeah. You didn't want them to have a role model of a woman who is hating their nine to five, waiting until they have the weekend, right? Like, I, it sounds like you did yeah. not want that for your kids. I didn't want them to settle. I didn't want them to settle just so that they could live this mediocre society life of like, get a house or, you know, like get a job, get married, get a house, have babies, work, and then die. <laughs> I was like, oh God, that's horrible. I wanted more and so I wanted them to have more and how are they going to know if they don't see it in me right like so 
Absolutely. And I think that's such a huge gift to give your kids Mm -hmm. is that gift of seeing you pursue your dreams because it's just going to give them permission and make it easier for them to take those leaps of faith, fly by the seat of their pants sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Watch it happen. And when I'm like, when they're in it, I'll be like, oh my God, don't do that. (laughs) You're like, but wait, I wanted them to. Yeah. I'll have to listen back to to this and be like, oh, wait, this is what I asked for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You wanted this. (laughs) So, yeah. So, LJ, we talked a little bit in the beginning about self-care and your business being a self-care haven, which I love that. I think you should use that. Uh, Why is self-care extra important for moms, in your opinion? I think it's because we are go, go, go all the time. And we have a million things and a million lists running through our mind of things that we need to get done. Um, And so we get lost in the process. It's so easy to get lost. And it's so easy to just forget about things that you like, or things that ground you or things that calm you down. Taking the moment to just like, breathe. Uh, or, you know, get a facial (laughs) or get your lashes done. Um, That moment, then it gives you time to reflect back and be able to be a better mom, like a better, a better wife, a better mom, a better human on this earth, because you've given time back to yourself. So Mm -hmm. you're not so pent up. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Now, for you, LJ, was there a time when you were not putting your self-care as a priority in your journey in motherhood? Uh, yes. Um, I think when I had my first daughter 14 years ago, it wasn't a thing or no one talked about it. Or if they did, I was so much younger than the rest of these moms that no one talked to me about it because they just thought I was a teen mom or, you know, I wasn't a teen mom. but. Um, I was, I just didn't know. And I look back at how I mothered or how things went and I don't remember. It's a blur and it makes me sad because I'm like, I must've just been on autopilot and just going and just going. And like I said, when I turned 30, when I decided to restart my life, that's when I found myself. That's when I discovered myself. That's when I really took the time and effort to learn who I was reflect back on how I acted before and how I treated people before and how I mothered and how, you know, my relationship with my partner, now husband, things like that. So yeah, I was lost for a very long time (laughs) and I'm still working on self-care and finding myself and not losing myself. And it's a daily practice, I think, until we die. So yes, I would have to agree with that. And similarly, to your story. I, the first year after having my baby, I, looking back now, I was not taking very good care of myself in that I wasn't even aware of how much I was struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think we had talked about this before, yeah. but I, it's not like I was a young, younger mom like you or anything, but it was my first baby. I really felt like I had something to prove. Yeah. And spoiler alert, you have nothing to fucking prove. So do not worry if you need to ask for help, if you need to 
get your mom to watch your baby so you can go get your lashes done or whatever yeah. it is. But yeah. honestly, I it's wish true. I had done that more. Yeah. So I, I think this is your permission slip if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You get so caught up in just the day-to-day that like, yeah, you forget. You completely forget. And it's easy for you to end up forgetting who you are, mm. right? Which mm-hmm. I feel like from, you know, year one of parenthood until year seven of parenthood and, you know, two kids down, I, I really was lost. And yeah, so it's hard. You, <laughs> totally. What do you think helped you on that journey from, from you know, your kid, was, your oldest was seven when you started to really get back into who you were? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Seven. So what do you think that was and what were some of the steps you took that helped you? Because I think this is really important to talk about mm-hmm. because I would guess a lot of moms listening are either in this part or have mm-hmm. been in this period of time where they feel like they are giving and giving and giving and their life is revolving a bit too much maybe around their kids. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you get a bit lost in the shuffle. So could you share some of the, the, the things you actually did to start to move through that and get back to who LJ is as a human? Um, I, this is a tough one. I sat in depression pretty much. I sat in, and, but at the time I had no idea it was depression because no one talked about it back then. Um, so I sat, I sat in it and I felt the feelings and I hid and I hid from people and I avoided conversations and I avoided anything that would make me feel. Um, I avoided family members that would trigger any type of emotion that I didn't want to deal with. Uh, And then I sat with it. And then eventually I snapped myself out of it. I don't, I honestly, it was such a blur. I don't even remember how or what. I think it is important to have a network of people that are around you. Like, like I said, my husband is very supportive and I think he saw me going through the hardship. And so in my eyes, how I thought the conversation of, well, I want to go back to school, not going to go back to work. Um, I did take six months off work um, as well. Like when in the heart of it all, I, I took six months off and I just, needed time to figure out what I wanted to do and or what made me happy um Mm -hmm. and it was at the time it was like doing makeup and the whole beauty industry just excited me Mm -hmm. um so it sounds like you really two things that I'm hearing one was you took time and space mm -hmm. to be with yourself and so like you said, if you're avoiding feelings, you need to take that time to have that awareness even of what it is you're feeling. Yeah. And then the second thing that I am hearing from you is that you tapped into your intuition and followed where that was kind of telling you to go. And it sounds like that first step for you was, okay, I'm very interested in the beauty industry. How can I get involved in this? Yes. And you kind of followed that, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. That's that is exactly (laughs) what it was. And then, um, yeah. And so the journey just led to where I am today and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of self-reflection, like, like it gets ugly. You know, it does get (laughs) slightly ugly. And I've done a lot of that type of work 
this year more than ever, I think, Ooh. because I've gone very real. I think in the past, I would look at things I had done and a little bit of sweeping under the rug was happening and or I wasn't really taking full responsibility. There was always a tinge of, yeah, but this happened to me or yeah, yeah but he did this. And it's yeah. like, no, it doesn't fucking matter what anyone else does. You are literally the only, only person responsible for your life your happiness, yes, everything. It's literally yeah. you. And this is the first year that I've really understood that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and similar, similar though to you, I had to do a lot of actual self-reflection Yeah. of, hey, this is how I'm showing up in these situations. Why am I being triggered by this? What's going on? Why am I reacting? And then slowly but surely, having that awareness can transition into oh, I'm pissed right now. Why am I pissed? And then you kind of can work through it and choose a different reaction, but it takes time. Yeah. And it's a, it's a constant, constant like work in progress. Um, I still to this day look back at situations and I'm like, was, was I an asshole? Like, was I a bully? I don't know. And I look back and, you know, but it helps. It helps you move forward in life, I think, when you stop being the victim absolutely your, switch, your situation and start being in control of like, okay, well, you know, maybe, maybe I was a little aggressive or maybe I was like not the kindest, but you know, like moving forward, I apologize or, you know, you know, just yeah. things like that. Like, okay, now I know. And now if I'm ever put in a situation like that again, then I can be like, okay, it didn't work out that time with that person or it didn't work out this time with this situation. So let me try it this way. Yes. And again, people are different. Every situation is different. And, you know, you'll never get the same reaction you're going to get from different situations. But at least, at least now I know I'm not going to go back into a black hole because of it. Mm-hmm. I know how to move forward from it. So absolutely, and you can choose your reaction and your emotions. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So, I love that. So, something that I've noticed that you're very passionate about in your business is supporting local companies. So, I too love to support local wherever I can. I am not perfect at it, but I keep striving to find more and more local businesses that I love mm-hmm. and support them. So why is that really important for you? I think because now that I have my own small business, I know how hard it is. Like I know the struggle that each and every one of these small businesses and local companies are going through, especially in 2020. So I think it would be nice. I know it's more expensive, but it would be nice to try and keep as much of our our money in the community. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, supporting um, all of these local skincare brands and all these local, you know, um, I don't know, all the local self-care brands and beauty products. That's basically all I sell. (laughs) So um, it just means so much more. And I feel like I could build a stronger relationship with them. And, you know, like, like Midnight Paloma, for example, one of my favorite local brands. Um, the day I opened up 
retail in the studio, I decided I wanted to carry their brand because I loved her products. And now like her business has evolved into so much more. And, you know, we talk on Instagram and she shows things that she's thinking about bringing into this, the business. And it's exciting for me as one of her retailers, because it's like, okay, this is her next thing coming up. I'm excited to sell, like to show my clients this and, you know, to have it in my studio. And it's, so it's exciting because I see the process. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, bigger brands, I don't see the process and I don't know the hard work that they've gone through. So. Mm -hmm. And I think when you support local in my experience as well, as another business owner, you kind of co-create in a sense too, in, in that you can give really specific feedback that might actually affect what a Midnight Paloma will make next, for example. So yeah. I think I think there's a lot more of that that goes on where that relationship can be a little more of a community in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any other products that you're loving right now? So Midnight Paloma, what other local brands should we all be interested in? Mifa, their uh, body wash, I absolutely love. Um, there is a new one that I just started trying. Um, her brand is called East 29 and she does like a facial serum, which I am going to be bringing into the studio. And this serum works like no other and has helped me with my mask knee. (laughs) And so I absolutely love it. I've been using it for the last month, month and a half and I'm just in love with it. So Mm, amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to check that out Mm -hmm. for those who don't know my career background before I became an entrepreneur. I worked for an organic skincare company. Uh, So I do know a little bit about skincare and I love learning about it. So it's cool to see some more local brands. And I definitely want to try this serum. That sounds lovely. (laughs) Yeah, it is lovely. so. So last thing I wanted to talk to you about is something that I am always super curious about because I am not at this stage of parenting yet and that's teenagers so Uh. (laughs) you you have you have one Uh uh-huh just once the teenager so far right yeah yeah (laughs) so she LJ has a 14 year old daughter and I was curious to hear what has your experience been parenting a teen and also a teen girl which I think brings a different set of challenges And then I'd love to hear how you approach those kind of difficult topics. So how do you talk to your teenager about things like sex? Like, how do you talk to them about those things? (laughs) Tell us. So awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's funny. I think my situation in parenting is a little bit more unique because I wasn't married before I had her. So funny enough, one of the questions, someone in our circle was getting married um, or having a baby and they weren't married yet. And I remember my daughter asking me like, are you supposed to be married before you have a kid? And I looked at her and I was like, you are at my wedding. <laughs> like, so no, you don't have to be married. But it, And it's funny that, you know, she even thought that because of what, I guess, society, what she sees on TV, what, you know, you again have the like get married and then you have the babies and they looked at her and I was like uh your mom and dad totally had two babies before marriage so no um 
So talking about sex before marriage, we haven't fully gotten into that yet. Um, she is very awkward about that. Uh, but we do, like, you know, like, we talk a lot about period, her period, and she's probably going to kill me if she ever hears this. But, uh, you know, I didn't talk to my parents about my period, and I didn't talk to them about heavy flow days and, and light flow days and, like, how, you know, I didn't even realize when I was young how different it could be when you're starting out and how irregular it could be. And so things like that um, I am very open about, and I am very open about cleaning yourself <laughs> down there and, like, I'm very open about the different things that can happen with your body down there with them. Um, and I do it with my nine-year-old and my three-year-old as well. And I will be 100% fully honest about everything. When it comes to sex or intimate relationships so far, we've gone as far as like, just make sure it's someone you love. Like make sure there's a connection there because it's, it starts off pretty shitty if there's no connection. So. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we older, it could be fun, but it would not not when you're still young and fragile. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think it's really important that at least your first time, there's some sort of friendship or connection. I mean, love if you understand what love is at that age or what you think love is at that age. I think that's that's what's more important and when the time does come where it starts to happen or she starts to talk about it or want to talk about it I do want to be open and honest with her about it you know the heartache you know how guys could be assholes about it sometimes all of that because no one talks to you about that and you have this expectation like I had this expectation that like you give up your flower and they're going to love you forever. And it's like, no, they're going to be dicks because they're dicks. And it could be, it's a possibility that you should yeah. just be aware of. Yeah. And you so, know? so I think just re- being open and honest about how that works would be, would be how I would want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for me, I don't think my parents ever really talk to me about sex until we got caught having sex or like <laughs> honestly which is which is not I hope that that's not how well that is not going to be how I do it um but I'll, I'm curious to see how I'll broach it I think it's like a very interesting subject because for example when do you start talking to them about it because they're at an age like at 14 we had a running tally of who had already had sex for example. That's what my husband and I were saying. I'm like, when I was this age, I was already having sex. I was also drinking and smoking weed, but like, and it doesn't seem like, and I don't know if it's other high school kids, but it doesn't seem like her group of friends and like the people in our tiny little suburb are doing it that way. Mind you, right? Like it could just be the neighborhood we're living in and thank God, because they don't look like they're anywhere near that. And me and my husband are just like, what the who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> totally. But it's so. so interesting because I do recall, like I said, we had a, it was a running list of who had had sex and we would kind of almost bet on who was going to be next. This was in yeah. our group of girlfriends. And yeah. I think the youngest one was 13. So then it's like, 
do you start talking to your kids about this when they're 12? It's, it's such a weird, I, I don't know the answer, mm-hmm. but I do think for me, the main thing is I would love, love to have a relationship where they at least get the majority of their information from me and not from their friends and the internet. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, that's my goal because if they're getting their information of what sex should look like from porn or their friends, then the girls are not going to be very happy. <laughs> no, but you know, it's just... <laughs> it's so true. You ha- you have a sign. That's <laughs> I know. Well, I was reading this article about, you know, about porn and how it can change the way that, especially like an adolescent sees how sex should be, which makes sense. If the only place you've learned about sex is from porn, then I mean, you're going to have a pretty skewed view of how that should be done. <laughs> oh God, it's going to be raw. Yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> like not intimate and gentle. Yeah, exactly. Like most likely not. So anyways, good for you for creating that space with your daughter. It sounds like where, when these things come up, it sounds like you at least be able to have somewhat of a conversation, which I think is really all we can ask for. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, you do start it at a younger age though. I mean, there's no set age because like what you were saying, like, do I start at 12? It really is personality based on the child and their maturity and their level of, you know, their, how comfortable they are talking about it. And mm-hmm. I will, I will bring things up with my child every now and then and be like, so we want to talk about this? And she'll straight up say, no, that's gross. Like, and yeah. won't. And, and I'm like, okay, you're not ready yet. Yeah. But at least I try to make it casual enough them to feel like they can talk to me about it and it started at a young it really started when I started discovering myself and what I liked and so when I was 30 I was like okay I need to have these conversations with my kids or I need to make them feel like they can they can talk to me mm-hmm. no matter how shitty the situation is they can talk to me so I love that and I think one important thing I heard from what you just said is that making it not a big deal mm-hmm. is very key because it is a big deal and you know sex is very important and it's a beautiful part of life in my yes. humble opinion yes and it almost needs to be the conversation needs to feel like it can be casual like it's not some weird taboo thing no one's ever allowed to speak about i think yeah. that's how i felt in my house yeah. nobody ever t- ever even said the word sex so how am i how am i going to feel ever bringing that up yeah we talked about this before where i you know you don't have sex till you're married is all it was ever taught and like, um, that's close. <laughs> that's just not realistic yeah. So for most yeah. people. Some some yeah. people do choose to do that still and great, good on you. Yeah. But if that's the only thing you're taught, then think about how your relationship with sex then starts because then yeah. it starts as I'm not supposed to do this. I'm wrong for doing this. Yeah. And right? I don't, yeah. And you don't want them to think it's wrong because it is a beautiful part of life. And so it just, you need, to, I guess for me, I want them to make sure that they are hundred percent sure with themselves that that's what they want and not doing it just to make someone else happy. Totally true. Love that. Yeah. That's the goal. So that's the goal. I think that is the most important thing is like you're not doing it to try and keep your partner. You're doing it because you want it. Like 
<laughs> and you if, want you're gonna, it. if you're going to please them, they better as hell please you. <laughs> like, you got to get something out of that. Reciprocal, honey. <laughs> so. so LJ, this has been awesome. And before we get to the lightning round, I want to acknowledge you for the amazing work you're doing in Thank supporting you. women to feel their best with your amazing self-care havens. And also just the way I can tell the way you are being a mom and creating, you know, the next generation of strong women. So I love that about you. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Okay. Yeah. Lightning round. Favorite okay. book. Uh, I would have to say 25 ways to win with people um, was a good one that I recently read or get rich lucky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love those kind of books. I don't know either of those. So I'm going to look yeah. these up. I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge reader. So this is partly why I asked this question. Mm -hmm. Selfishly, I love getting really good book recommendations. <laughs> I just started, I'm not even reading. I audio listen, audio book it, but uh, I just started that this year. Like, <gasps> yeah. Um, to like, I've probably read or listened to, I don't even know, maybe 30 books this year because I had a lot of time. Um, but I just love it. So oh, good for you. I love that. What's your favorite drink? Uh, Empress gin and tonic. Ooh, delightful. Mm -hmm. Favorite podcast. I, I love yours. Uh, <laughs> I love yours. I love, um, Michelle Obama came out with one that I love to listen to. Um, and then I uh, call me candid. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. And it's just these two young entrepreneurs. And I just like to know what goes through their mind and how they start business and how, you know, this younger generation does life. So I listen to them quite a bit. Mm, I don't know that one. I'm going to have to check yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite TV show or movie? Um, I am a sucker for romantic comedy. So I love anything that the Hallmark Channel makes. <laughs> so embarrassing. I watch every single Hallmark movie. No so. shame in your game, honey. Yeah. Have you watched Bridgerton yet? I just started watching it last night because everyone keeps talking about it. I don't usually like timed pieces, but I started watching that one last night. I'm only one episode in and it's pretty good. So we'll see. Let me know what you think because it's actually not a very classic time period That's what I was at told. all. Yeah. <laughs> it's very new school and mixed with old school. It's so good and there's so much sex in it. It's really I heard. <laughs> like the Duke knows how to throw down. Let's just put that out there. Okay. <laughs> Favorite place you've traveled? Um, I haven't done much traveling in life because I was a young mom, but we, I have gone to Shargao in the Philippines for the first time a couple years ago. And that was absolutely beautiful. And Sayulitek a few years back was just, mm. just like my two, they're both quite similar places, just different countries. Um, but just somewhere where you don't really need to wear shoes or a bra or anything <laughs> or do uh, your hair. Yeah, that, be <laughs> that beach yeah. life. Beach, I love yeah. it. <laughs> so, of course, we cannot travel right now much at all, but if you could jump on a plane tomorrow, go anywhere in the world, where would you go? 
I think about this all the time. My very first vacation will be an all-inclusive in Mexico because I do not want to clean up after everyone. I don't want to cook. I want to be served my alcohol. <laughs> and I want somewhere where my kids can be sent to some kids club or do their own things so I can just lie down on the beach and do nothing <laughs> and drink my face off. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like my ultimate as soon as I can get on a fucking plane, this is what we're doing. <laughs> I love Mexico. I do love the vibe. Whether I've I've stayed at all-inclusives and I stayed, we rented condos in Cabo San Lucas. And it just, the all-inclusive though, now that I have a kid, I totally feel ya. It's like, mm-hmm. I, you don't have to cook or clean, nothing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Sign leave me your up. Room. Yeah. Leave your room, come back and it's fucking, someone else has done it. Like, that's awesome. Like someone else has cleaned. Thank you. The yeah. dream. Yeah. So final question before we wrap up here, something that I'm passionate about teaching women and, you know, talking about is confidence because for me, confidence is what makes you start things and do crazy shit like start school at 30. Like you got to have the confidence to do those things. So what does confidence mean to you? Confidence, I think it means loving yourself. It sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Like you have enough love for yourself that you can do these things. So you have enough respect for yourself. So that I think is what confidence is. Loving and respecting yourself. I love it. Well, thank you so much, LJ. Everyone make sure you go check out her on Instagram. Where's the best place to follow you? At delaga.ca. And is my business account. Um, my personal account got hacked, like it's deleted and disappeared. And so I've started a new one um, at also dot known dot as dot LJ. I'll send you the link. Yeah, like, we'll, link, we'll link it up. Don't yeah. worry. But everyone go follow LJ. She's amazing and now has two locations of Delaga Beauty and is just a real stand for women wanting to take care of their beautiful selves. Yes, so thank I you know. again so much. This has been amazing. Thank you for having me. I My pleasure. This. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.